Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the Life Studios in Hive, <clears throat> Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. Uh, in Anglo-Saxon, the word Hive is translated into Haven. So we were trying to keep it a haven by vibrating transcendental sound as much as possible all day, every day. Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahimastotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava by Srila Sanatana Goswami. He, he wrote it to glorify the Bhagavatam, but I'm, I'm saying it every day before we read the Bhagavad Gita because Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Krishna, Srimad Bhagavatam spoken about Krishna. It's the same. And also in the end of the Bhagavad Gita, not the very end of the Bhagavatam, I mean, uh, Krishna speaks to Uddhava, the Uddhava Gita. Okay, it goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Radnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidwandodita Aditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali, you are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya <clears throat> Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguru man mahadana, man nistadaka mad bhagya, mad anandana mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadhu sadhutadayin atini chochutakara. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay, we're in chapter 3 of the Bhagavad Gita as it is, Karma Yoga. We begin with text 26. <clears throat> Nabudi Bedam Janayet Agyanam Karma Sanginam Joshayet Sarva Karmani 
Vidvan Yukta Samacharan. So as not to disrupt the minds of ignorant men attached to the fruitive results of prescribed duties. A learned person should not induce them to stop work. Rather, by working in the spirit of devotion, he should engage them in all sorts of activities for the gradual development of Krishna consciousness. Purport Vidaish Jasayavar Vedaish Jasayavar Aham Eva Vedyaha That is the end of all Vedic, Vedic rituals. All rituals, all performance of sacrifices, and everything that is put into the Vedas, including all direction for material activities, are meant for understanding Krishna, who is the ultimate goal of life. But because the conditioned souls do not know anything beyond sense gratification, they study the Vedas to that end. But through fruitive activities and sense gratification regulated by the Vedic rituals, one is gradually elevated to Krishna consciousness. Therefore, a realized soul in Krishna consciousness should not disturb others in their activities or understanding, but he should act by showing how the results of all work can be dedicated to the service of Krishna. The learned Krishna conscious person may act in such a way that the ignorant person working for sense gratification may learn how to act and how to behave. Although the ignorant man is not to be disturbed in his activities, a slightly developed Krishna conscious person may directly be engaged in the service of the Lord without waiting for other Vedic formularies or formulas. For this fortunate man, there is no need to follow the Vedic rituals because by direct Krishna consciousness, one can have all the results one would otherwise derive from following one's prescribed duties. Text 27 Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimudatma kartaham itimanyate the spirit, the spirit soul, bewildered by the influence of false ego, thinks himself the doer of activities that are in actuality carried out by the three modes of material nature. PURPORT Two persons, one in Krishna consciousness and the other in material consciousness, working on the same level, may appear to be working on the same platform but there is a wide gulf of difference in their respective positions. The, man, the person in material consciousness is convinced by false ego that he is the doer of everything. He does not know that the mechanism of the body is produced by material nature, which works under the supervision of the Supreme Lord. The materialistic person has no knowledge that ultimately he is under the control of Krishna. The person in false ego 
takes all credit for doing everything independently. And that is the symptom of his nations. He does not know that this gross and subtle body is a creation of material nature under the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And as such, his bodily and mental activities should be engaged in the service of Krishna, in Krishna consciousness. The ignorant man forgets that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is known as Rishikesha, or the master of the senses of the material body. For due to his long misuse of the senses and sense gratification, he is factually bewildered by the false ego, which makes him forget his eternal relationship with Krishna. Text 28 Tatpavit tumaha baho guna karma vibhaga yoho guna guneshu vartanta itimatvana sajjate One who is in knowledge of the Absolute Truth, O Mighty Armed, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification, knowing well the differences between work and devotion and work for fruitive results. Purport The knower of the Absolute Truth is convinced of his awkward position in material association. He knows that he is a part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, and that his position should not be in material creation. He knows that he is part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, and that his position should not be in the material creation. He knows his real identity as part and parcel of the Supreme, who is eternal bliss and knowledge and he realizes that somehow or other he is entrapped in the material conception of life. In his pure state of existence, he is meant to dovetail his activities in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. He therefore engages himself in the activities of Krishna consciousness and, become, and becomes naturally unattached to the activities of the material senses which are all circumstantial and temporary. He knows that his material condition of life is under the supreme control of the Lord. Consequently, he is not disturbed by all kinds of material reactions, which he considers to be the mercy of the Lord. According to Srimad Bhagavatam, one who knows the absolute truth in three different features, namely Brahman, Paramatma, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Tatvavit, for he knows also his own factual position in relationship with the Supreme. Text 29 Prakritir gunasamuda sajante gunakarma su mandan Bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached. But the wise should not unsettle them 
although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. Purport. Persons who are unknowledgeable falsely identify with gross material consciousness and are full of material designations. The body is a gift. This body is a gift of the material nature. And one who is too much attached to the bodily consciousness is called manda, or a lazy person, without understanding of spirit-soul. Ignorant men think of the body as the self. They accept bodily connections with others as kinsmanship. The land in which the body is obtained is their object of worship, and they consider the formalities of religious rituals to be ends in themselves. Social work, nationalism, and altruism are some of the activities for such materially designated persons. Under the spell of such designations, they are always busy in the material field. For them, spiritual realization is a myth, and so they, and so they are not interested. Those who are enlightened in spiritual life, however, should not try to agitate such materially engrossed persons. Better to prosecute one's own spiritual activities silently, such bewildered persons may be engaged in such primary moral principles of life as nonviolence and similarly and similar materially benevolent work. Men who are ignorant cannot appreciate activities in Krishna consciousness, and therefore Lord Krishna advises us not to disturb them and simply waste valuable time. But the devotees of the Lord are more kind than the Lord because they understand the purpose of the Lord. Consequently, they undertake all kinds of risks, even to the point of approaching ignorant men to try to engage them in the acts of Krishna consciousness, which are absolutely necessary for the human being. Text 30. <clears throat> Mai sarvani karmani sanyasyad yatmachetasa nirashir nirmamo bhutva yudyasva vigatat jwadaha. Therefore, O Arjuna, surrendering all your works unto me with full knowledge of me, without desires for profit, with no claims to proprietorship and free from lethargy, fight. Purport This verse clearly indicates the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. The Lord instructs that one has to become fully Krishna conscious to discharge duties, as if in military discipline. Such an injunction may make things a little difficult. Nevertheless, duties must be carried out with dependence on Krishna, because that is the constitutional position of the living entity. The living entity cannot be happy independent of the cooperation of the Supreme Lord. 
but the eternal constitutional position of the living entity is to become subordinate to the desires of the Lord. Arjuna was therefore ordered by Sri Krishna to fight as if the Lord were his military commander. One has to sacrifice everything for the good will of the Supreme Lord and at the same time discharge prescribed duties without claiming proprietorship. Arjuna did not have to consider the order of the Lord. He had only to execute his order. The Supreme Lord is the soul of all souls. Therefore, one who depends solely and wholly on the Supreme Soul without personal consideration, or in other words, one who is fully Krishna conscious, is called Adhyatma Chetas. Nirashi means that one has to act on the order of the Master but should not expect fruitive results. The cashier may count millions of dollars for his employer, but he does not claim a cent for himself. Similarly, one has to realize that nothing in the world belongs to any individual person, but that everything belongs to the Supreme Lord. That is the real purport of Mai, or unto me. And when one acts in such Krishna consciousness, certainly he does not claim proprietorship over anything. This consciousness is called nirmama, or nothing is mine. And if there is any reluctance to execute such a stern order, which is without consideration of so-called kinsmen in the bodily relationship, that reluctance should be thrown off. In this way one may become vigatajwada, or without feverish mentality or lethargy. Everyone, according to his quality and position, has a particular type of work to discharge, and all such duties may be discharged in Krishna consciousness as described above. That will lead one to the path of liberation. Text 31 Ye me matamidang nityam anutishtantimanavaha Shadhavanto nasuyanto muchante tepikarmabihi. Those persons who ex those persons who execute their duties according to my injunctions and who follow this teaching faithfully, without envy, become free from the bondage of fruitive actions. Purport. The, the injunction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna is the essence of all Vedic wisdom and therefore is eternally true without exception. As the Vedas are eternal, so this truth of Krishna consciousness is also eternal. One should have firm faith in this injunction without envying the Lord. There are many philosophers who write comment, comments on the Bhagavad Gita, but have no faith in Krishna. They will never be liberated from the bondage of fruitive action. But an ordinary man with firm faith in the eternal injunctions of the Lord, even though unable to execute such orders, becomes liberated from the bondage of the law of karma. In the beginning of Krishna consciousness, 
one may not fully discharge the injunctions of the Lord, but because one is not resentful of this principle and works sincerely without consideration of defeat and hopelessness, he will surely be promoted to the stage of pure Krishna consciousness. Somebody please ask me a question about that, because that's my favorite, one of my favorite sentences in the book, in all the books. Text 32. Ye tad abhyasu yanto nanutishtanti me matam sarvajnana vimudang sthan vidinashtana chaitasaham but those who, out of envy, disregard these teachings and do not follow them regularly are to be considered bereft of all knowledge, befooled and ruined in their endeavors for perfection. Purport The flaw of not being Krishna conscious is clearly stated herein. As there, as there is punishment for disobedience to the order of the Supreme Executive Head, so there is certainly punishment for disobedience to the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A disobedient person, however great he may be, is ignorant of his own self and to end of the Supreme Brahman, Paramatma, and the Personality of Godhead due to a vacant heart. Therefore, there is no hope of perfection of life for him. Text 33 Sadrishan prakriti bhutani Even a man of knowledge acts according to his own nature, for everyone follows the nature he has acquired from the three modes. What can repression accomplish? Purport Unless one is situated on the transcendental platform of Krishna consciousness, he cannot get free from the influence of the modes of material nature, as, as it is confirmed by the Lord in the seventh chapter, 714. Therefore, even for the most highly educated person on the mundane plane, it is impossible to get out of the entanglement of maya simply by theoretical knowledge or by separating the soul from the body. There are so many so-called spiritualists who outwardly pose as advanced in the science, but inwardly or privately are completely under the particular modes of nature which they are unable to surpass. Academically, one may be very learned, but because of his long association with material nature, he is in bondage. Krishna consciousness helps one to get out of the material entanglement, even though one may be engaged in his prescribed duties in terms of material existence. Therefore, without being fully in Krishna consciousness, one should not give up his occupational duties. No one should suddenly give up his prescribed duties and become a so-called yogi or transcendentalist artificially. It is better to be situated in one's position and try to attain Krishna consciousness under superior training. 
Thus, one may be freed from the clutches of Krishna's maya. 34. Text 34. Indriyas Indriyas Yarte Tau Tayor Navasham Agachet Tau 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 Yasya Paripanti Nau There are principles to regulate attachment and aversion pertaining to the senses and their objects. <clears throat> One should not come under the control of such attachment and aversion because they are stumbling blocks on the path of self-realization. Purport Those who are in Krishna consciousness are naturally reluctant to engage in material sense gratification. But those who are not in such consciousness should follow the rules and regulations of the revealed scriptures. Unrestricted sense enjoyment is the cause of material engagement, but one who follows the rules and regulations of the revealed scriptures does not become entangled by the sense objects. For example, sex enjoyment is a necessity for the conditioned soul, and sex enjoyment is allowed under the license of marriage ties. According to scriptural injunctions, one is forbidden to engage in sex relationships with any women other than one's wife. All other women are to be considered as one's mother. But in spite of such injunctions, a man is still inclined to have sex relationships with other women. These propensities are to be curbed. Otherwise, they will be stumbling blocks on the path of self-realization. As long as the material body is there, the necessities of the material body are allowed, but under rules and regulations. And yet, we should not rely upon the control of such allowances. One has to follow those rules and regulations unattached to them, because practice of sense gratification under regulations may also lead one to go astray. As much as there is always a chance of an accident, even on the royal roads. Although, there may be very, although they may be very carefully maintained, no one can guarantee that there will be no danger even on the safest road. The sense enjoyment spirit has been current a very long, long time, according owing to material association. Therefore, in spite of regulated sense enjoyment, there is every chance of falling down. Therefore, any attachment for regulated sense enjoyment must also be avoided by all means. But attachment to Krishna consciousness or acting always in the loving service of Krishna detaches one from all kinds of sensory activities. Therefore, no one should try to be detached from Krishna consciousness at any stage of life. The whole purpose of detachment from all kinds of sense attachment is ultimately to become situated on the platform of Krishna consciousness. Text 35 <clears throat> Shriyan Sudharmo Viguna Paradharmat Sunustitat Sudharmi Nidanam Shreya 
Paradharmobhayavaha. It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties, even though faultily, than another's duties perfectly. Destruction in the course of performing one's own duty is better than engaging in another's duties, for to follow another's path is dangerous. Purport One should, one should therefore Excuse me Purport. One should therefore discharge his prescribed duties in full Krishna consciousness rather than those prescribed for others. Materially, prescribed duties are duties enjoined according to one's psychophysical condition under the spell of the modes of material nature. Spiritual duties are as ordered by the spiritual master for the transcendental service of the Lord. But whether material or spiritual, one should stick to his prescribed duties even up to death, rather than imitate another's prescribed duties. Duties on the spiritual platform and duties on the material platform may be different, but the principle of following the authorized direction is always good for the performer. When one is under the spell of the modes of material nature, one should follow the prescribed rules for his particular situation and should not imitate others. For example, a brahmana who is in the mode of goodness is non-violent, whereas a chatriya who is in the mode of passion is allowed to be violent. As such, for a chatriya, it is better to be vanquished following the rules of violence than to imitate a brahmana who follows the principles of non-violence. Everyone has to cleanse his heart by a gradual process, not abruptly. However, when one transcends the modes of material nature and is fully situated in Krishna consciousness, he can perform anything and everything under the direction of a bona fide spiritual master. In that complete stage of Krishna consciousness, the Chatriya may act as a Brahmana or a Brahmana may act as a Chatriya. In the transcendental stage, the distinctions of the material world do not apply. For example, Vishwamrita was originally Chatriya, originally a Chatriya, but later on he acted as a Brahmana, whereas Parashuram was a Brahmana, but later on he acted as a chatriya. Being transcendentally situated, they could do so, but as long as one is on the material platform, he must perform his duties according to the modes of material nature. At the same time, he must have a full sense of Krishna consciousness. Text 36 Arjuna Ubacha Atak Arjuna said, O descendant of Vrishni, by what is impelled to sinful acts, even unwillingly, as if engaged by force? 
purport. A living entity as part and parcel of the Supreme is originally spiritual, pure, and free from all material contaminations. Therefore, by nature, he is not subject to the sins of the material world. But when he is in contact with the material nature, he acts in many sinful ways without hesitation, and sometimes even against his will. As such, Arjuna's question to Krishna is very sanguine as to the perverted nature of the living entities, although the living entity sometimes does not want to act in sin, he is still forced to act. Sinful actions are not, however, impelled by the Supersoul within, but are due to another cause, as the Lord explains in the next verse. Text 37 Shiv Bhagavan Uvacha Kama Esha Kroda Esha Rajo Gunu Samud Babaha Mahashano Mahapapma Bidjainam Ihabarinam. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, It is lust only, Arjuna, which is born of contact with the material mode of passion and is later transformed into wrath, and which is the all devouring, sinful enemy of, of this world. Purport. When a living entity comes in contact with, material, with the material creation, his eternal love for Krishna is transformed into lust in association with the mode of passion. Or in other words, the sense of love of God becomes transformed into lust as milk in contact with sour tamarind is transformed into yogurt. Then again, when lust is unsatisfied, it turns into wrath. Wrath is transformed into illusion, and illusion continues the material existence. Therefore, lust is the greatest enemy of the living entity, and it is lust only, which induces the pure living entity to remain entangled in the material world. Wrath is the manifestation of the mode of ignorance, these modes exhibit themselves as wrath and other corollaries. If, therefore, the mode of passion, instead of being degraded into the mode of ignorance, is elevated to the mode of goodness by the prescribed method of living and acting, then one can be saved from the degradation of wrath by spiritual attachment. The Supreme Personality of Godhead expanded himself into many for his, for his ever-increasing... I'll read that again. The Supreme Personality of Godhead expanded himself into many for his ever-increasing spiritual bliss. And the living entities are parts and parcels of this, this spiritual bliss. They also have partial independence. But by misuse of their independence, when the service attitude is transformed, into the propensity for sense enjoyment, they come under the sway of lust. This material creation is created by the Lord to give facility to the conditioned souls to fulfill these lustful propensities. And when completely baffled by prolonged 
lustful activities. The living entities began to inquire. The living entities begin to inquire about their real position. This inquiry is the beginning of the Vedanta Sutras, wherein it is stated, Atato Brahma Jigyasa. One should inquire under the Supreme, and the Supreme is defined in Srimad Bhagavatam as Janmad Yasya Yato Yaton Bayad Itaratarscha, or the origin of everything is the Supreme Brahman. Therefore, the origin of lust is also in the Supreme. If, therefore, lust is transformed into love for the Supreme or transformed into Krishna consciousness or, in other words, desiring everything for Krishna, then both lust and wrath can be spiritualized. Hanuman, the great servitor of Lord Rama, exhibited his wrath by burning the golden city of Ravana. But by, but by doing so, he became the greatest devotee of the Lord. <clears throat> Here also, in Bhagavad Gita, <clears throat> the Lord induces Arjuna to in, engage his wrath upon his enemies for the satisfaction of the Lord. Therefore, lust and wrath, when they are em employed in Krishna consciousness, become our friends instead of our enemies. Text 38 Dumanavriyate banir yatadarsho malenacha yatol binabrito garbas tatat teninamavritam As fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by dust, or as the embryo is covered by the womb, the living entity is similarly covered by different degrees of this lust. Purport There are three degrees of covering of the living entity by which his pure consciousness is obscured. <clears throat> this covering is but lust under different manifestations like smoke in fire, dust on the mirror and the womb about the embryo. When lust is compared to smoke, it is understood that the fire of the living spark can be a little perceived. In other words, when the living entity exhibits his Krishna consciousness slightly, he may be likened to the fire covered by smoke. Although fire is necessary where there is smoke, there is no overt manifestation of fire in the early stages, in the early stage. This stage is like the beginning of Krishna consciousness. The dust on the mirror refers to a cleansing process of the mirror of the mind by so many spiritual methods. The best process is to chant the holy names of the Lord. The embryo covered by the womb is an analogy illustrating a helpless position for the child in the womb is so helpless that he cannot even move. This stage of living condition can be compared to that of the trees. The trees are also living entities, but they have been put into such a condition of life by such a great exhibition of lust that they are almost void of all consciousness. The covered mirror 
is compared to the birds and beasts, and the smoke-covered fire is compared to the human being. In the form of a human being, the living entity may revive a little Krishna consciousness, and if he makes further development, the fire of spiritual life can be kindled in the human form of life. By careful handling of the smoke in fire, the fire can be made to blaze. Therefore, the human form of life is a chance for the living entity to escape the entanglement of material existence. In the human form of life, one can conquer the enemy, lust, by cultivation of Krishna consciousness under able guidance. And that's exactly 745. We'll stop there. Thank you very much for your ears and for your hearts, for listening to this wonderful, wonderful, clear explanation by Krishna in the verses and by Srila Prabhupada in the purports of how to think and feel and will and act in Krishna consciousness so that we can become disentangled from material suffering. Hare Krishna. Okay, if there's any points of interest that's that came out in anyone's heart, please. First is from Bhaktamatsu. Hare Krishna Bhaktamatsu, first off the blogs. He says, daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's readings, Ki Jai. Ki Jai. And from Bhaktarupa. Haribo Bhaktarupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for reading tonight. Love this chapter. Jai Prabhupada. We heard about not disturbing the minds of the faithless. Is it also the ninth offense against the holy name to preach to the faithless? How can we avoid this offense and better gauge where people are at when regularly preaching to a variety of people? Well, I hoped you would ask this. I really did. Because I was fortunate enough to be on a morning walk with Srila Prabhupada in 1973 and I forget the date it was around December 2nd or December 2nd or December 3rd and um, I asked him a question and I could barely speak because it was, being with Prabhupada was very, very intense. But I got it out. I, I asked him, Srila Prabhupada, is the pure devotee more merciful than Krishna? So he didn't hear me the first time because I was very kind of conscious of myself. and I said it again. I, I said it twice. And then the third time, his, the person who, who was carrying the, the uh, microphone, I don't remember who it was, the reporter, 
he repeated it with me. Is the pure devotee more merciful than Krishna? And Prabhupada turned around, stopped, and he smiled really big, looked me right in the eye, and he said, oh yes. <laughs> and literally, I was melted into the ground. Well, not literally, but figuratively. And then he went on to explain how Arjuna, you know, wanted to save them, whereas Krishna wanted to kill them. And then he told a little bit the story of uh, Ambrish Maharaj and Durvasa Muni, which we had never heard before, because that was in 1973. And the ninth canto didn't come out until 1976. So the answer to your question lies in this exchange I had with Prabhupada and in a purport that we read, if you remember, where Prabhupada says, Krishna asks us not to disturb them, but the pure devotee is more merciful than Krishna. So he takes all kinds of risks to engage people in Krishna consciousness, all kinds of people uh, to engage in Krishna consciousness, which is absolutely necessary for the human being. So this is what makes pure devotional service under the guidance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu different than any other kind of spiritual process. Right there in the purport, Prabhupada is contradicting Krishna. But not without reason, not without logic, not without understanding. Because Krishna consciousness is so powerful that even those persons who are bewildered and, and disturbed and all of that, they get something, even unconsciously. And the person who sticks his neck out takes a risk to try to give person the person a book or explain something about him about Krishna consciousness to him. He pleases Krishna the most, and therefore it's not an offense against the holy name when we're trying to please Krishna and take a risk to uh, preach to a materialistic person. Now, having said that. It doesn't mean that we should try to introduce to uninterested persons the intimate glories of the holy name, the intimate uh, dealings of, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But we, we, but we can, by all means, try to engage them in taking a book or uh, hearing about uh, material life and material existence and what it actually is and the spirit soul and how it is different than the body etc etc the basics so when we got to the temple Prabhupada in the class started talking about that same subject matter through the class and I was what can I say I was in ecstasy because I knew that I had pleased him by that question Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. Hare Bo. Rati Manjari says Jai Guru Maharaj back in the transcendental circle. Hare Krishna. <coughs> and from Kri 
Krishnangi Mulder. Krishnangi Mulder, yes. Hare Krishna. Wow. 3.32 gives hope. Krishna appreciates our endeavor. It behooves me to have an honest look at where resentments may be dwelling in my heart. How to put the spotlights on the blind spots of seeing them within the consciousness. It's so easy to fool oneself. Yet, therefore, keep hearing the Bhagavad Gita in the assembly of similar-minded devotees and gradually everything will be revealed to you. How to do that? From Vrajaloka, Devi Dasa. Hare Krishna Vrajaloka. <coughs> Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to His Divine Grace. All glories to you. The last few lines of the 31st verse purport is one of my favorite. Mm. Quote, But an ordinary man with firm faith in the eternal injunctions of the Lord, even though unable to execute such orders, becomes liberated from the bondage of the law of karma. In the beginning of Krishna consciousness, one may not fully discharge the injunctions of the Lord, but because one is not resentful of this principle and works sincerely without consideration of defeat and hopelessness, he will surely be promoted to the stage of pure Krishna consciousness." Unquote. Can you please explain how can we develop this mood that we practice without consideration of defeat and hopelessness? And what does it mean exactly that someone is not resentful of this principle? Yes, I was hoping that someone would ask this. Th thank you very much. That's what I meant when I made that short comment during the reading. It means this, that the fact is that you must follow properly in order to become free from maya. So, but if you, if you continue to try sincerely and don't resent Krishna because you have to follow strictly in order to get it and you, and you keep uh, serving uh, no matter what, this is the way into Krishna's heart because he appreciates, because he sees that this is a serious person. This is how to demonstrate to Krishna that you're serious, that you're worthy of his association, and that he'll give himself to you. So I'll go over that again. In the beginning, you may not be able to follow everything strictly, but if you don't resent the principle that you must follow strictly, even if you can't in the beginning, and you don't feel resentful, and therefore, you serve without begrudging. You, you know it's what it's like when somebody does something for you, but he doesn't really want to, or doesn't really like to. It's not nice. You don't feel like receiving it, even. So Krishna's like that. If you approach him with resentfulness, or resentment, or, or begrudgingly serve him, he won't reciprocate. He recipro he'll reciprocate, but by, by ignoring you. 
just like the demons, they approach Krishna with anger and they try to kill him. So he kills them. And a loving devotee, you know, approaches him with loving service. He reciprocates with love. So we shouldn't feel resentful of this principle just because you have to do something that you don't feel like doing or if you can't do right away. If you do it anyway, just, just like a, a, a potent drug, you know, you, you may know what it is or how it works or not, but you take it and it will protect you or, or it will cure your disease. Hare Krishna. From Dhyanitai. Jai Dhyanitai. Hari Bo. Dear Srila Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Hare Krishna. Jai all glory to Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> Thank you for sharing with us your devotional readings. In regard to the purport to 331 and 32, if not because of envy, what can be another reason for a person to not execute the Lord's orders? Is failure to surrender not always rooted in envy of Sri Sri Guru and Krishna? Would you please elaborate? Thank you, your servant. Well, everybody in this material world who did not come here on a specific mission for Krishna is affected by envy of Krishna. Everyone. It says clearly in the Gita that no one is above, the, no one is free completely from the modes of material nature because you're in the material world. Only Krishna comes in the material world and acts like he's conditioned even though he's not and therefore acts like he's not enough that we can see clearly that he's not. Uh, so There's always some envy of Krishna. Icha dvesha samutena dvandva mohena bharata Everyone comes into this material world bewildered or mohena mohena uh, bewildered by desire and aversion or hatred. Sorry, that was an airplane flying by, or a helicopter. Hare Krishna. So there, there's no. So so no, there there isn't any other reason. And therefore, one does have to give up envy of Krishna. But we do that by hearing and accepting. Submissively. If we hear submissively, gradually, gradually, and keep hearing submissively, even if in the beginning, it's tied to the last question, even if in the beginnings we, we can't always do things properly or think properly or whatever, if we keep doing it because it is good for us and it is prescribed, then eventually we will be cured. Hare Krishna. Next is from Yadutama. Haribo Yadutama. 
Hare Krishna Gurudev, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Prabhupada. This section of Bhagavad Gita always does a good job sobering me up. Jai Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada, Hari Bol. That it does. Okay. We're going to try to stop at 8 o'clock, but we're gonna, we, there's, there's a few of these left, so we'll do them. From Daitari Haridas. Jai Daitari Haridas. Jai. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks again for the reading. I always find it interesting how verses 30 to 32 give an outline for the correct approach to Krishna consciousness, the happy result and the unfortunate result of being resentful of the principle. Yes. I also found that I also found the point in the purport to verse 30 really interesting that if there is any reluctance to act in that way mm. that reluctance should be thrown off. Very good. In other words, we should just get over ourselves and do what Krishna wants without hesitating. Yes. That's what submission means. That's the meaning of submission. And gradually, by doing it submissively, or submitting to it, you'll become submissive. Hare Krishna. Bhakta Rupa says, amazing. Yes. From Rati Manjari. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Tonight I want to show my appreciation for the fact that you are coming to read for us night after night, week after week, month after month, and year after year, no matter what is happening throughout your day or what your state of health is. By your steadiness in these, reading, in these readings, you have created a safe place for us where we can come and learn Krishna consciousness directly from the Master Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for nourishing our faith. Well, Rati Manjari, that's one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me. I thank you so much, humbly. Thank you. I my 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 life is given to Srila Prabhupada, and uh, this is the way I'm trying to express my gratitude to him, and that's by reading his words straight, rather rather than and not adding things as much as possible, not adding anything or subtracting anything. There's always all this kind of controversy, maybe not with all of you, but in some places there's controversies about the editing of the books and what should have been done or not been done or whatever. But anyone who hears submissively th these readings that I'm doing, which, which are the readings of the most, uh, the latest polished edits that have been done by the BBT to make it even clearer or make it clear and forceful. And I don't ever even for a moment, not feel Srila Prabhupada's voice. These books are edited by people who know Srila Prabhupada's mind as much as you can know the mind of a person because they were instructed to do it and he empowered them to do it. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Rati. That was very wonderful. <coughs> From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Jai Anandamurti. 
Dear Gurudev, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for sharing the nectar. I am very much encouraged by your story with Sri the Prabhupada. I would like to continue to distribute Sri the Prabhupada's books. On this Thursday, I have distribu distributed 119 books and Friday 38 books. I am meeting with many people and I give books and I try to chant with them. I would like to continue this duty as my duty. Please do and consider it done that Srila Prabhupada is ex extremely pleased with you, Adandamurti. And you're going to make devotees also. You'll make Osaka, Japan. You'll put it on the map. The devotee maker. Thank you very much. I'm deeply grateful and impressed by what you're doing to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books like this. And it works. We're also having the same experience in London where a couple of new devotees have joined and they're very dedicated and very, very intelligent and educated like you. And they're doing well. They're bringing people to tears on the streets and they're giving out the books. And the people are very happy. This, this pandemic has changed the world and many people think differently now. They're being woken up by the material nature that they're not so in, in, infallible and, and you know, impenetrable and now they're becoming more, submim more submissive. So please continue this, Hare Krishna. Thank you. From Gauranga Gopal. Haribo Gauranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for helping us churn the nectar of these verses, and especially verses 31 and 32. Only last weekend during our retreat, Gopal Roy made us reflect on the connection between this verse 31 and verse 12, 9, where Krishna gives Arjuna the option of following regulative principles when we cannot fix our minds spontaneously on Krishna. Bhagavad Gita is so nice and Srila Prabhupada's purports give us so much practical solutions to suit our individual situations, to help us grow organically towards the perfection of life. Very nicely put. Thank you. That's a wonderful reflection. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. From Vajraloka. Thank you so much for this wonderful answer. I really appreciate your explanations, which always uplift and inspire us all, and nourish and deepen our spiritual understanding and the taste to practice seriously and sincerely. Hare Krishna, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> and this is from Sebastian. Hare Bhakti Sebastian, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for this reading. Hare Krishna, thank you very much, everyone. Those were wonderful reflections, and and I, I deeply appreciate with gratitude the appreciation that you have for these readings. I'm trying my best, sincerely, to uh, to get Sri the Prabhupada's sound vibration out there and it's working. 
And if we keep doing this, it will keep increasing and it will do wonders to help the world. Hare Krishna. Shri Bhagavad Gita as it is, ki jai. Samabeda Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur, Prem, Anandi, Hari Hari Bo. We'll see you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. The nectarian teachings of Sri Krishna to Arjuna. How to live, think, feel, will and act in Krishna consciousness. See you tomorrow night. Hare Krishna.